0: You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW
1: LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com.
0: Trick or treat Lone Star Radio listeners. This is Dick, the general manager, taking this quick moment to remind you that Lone Star Community Radio is looking to fill some of our talk show slots along with some of our DJ slots. We have a new show airing on the 10th. Making Connections with Stacy Harris, which will air every second Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Make sure to check it out, along with our other programs on Lone Star Community Radio. For more information on Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. And again, if you're interested in doing something with us, call the station 936-647-3776. Thanks for checking
1: out this recording, and I hope you guys enjoy. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into Jake from Sports Talk. I'm your host, Jake LaFleur. Glad to have you all back into the IR Lone Star studios for another edition of my crazy antics on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Glad to have you back in, guys. Don't forget to go follow my social media pages. Like, subscribe, do everything you need to do there. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast version of this show. It's aired up uh, with usually within 24 to 48 hours on YouTube, Google Play, and iTunes. depends on how, uh, how much Dick is feeling productive on a, any given evening, whether or not he up to, updates those, gets them uploaded up on the uh, interwebs quickly or not. I, He's the lazy engineer. I'm the, I'm the active engineer.
0: You should check your Jake's from Source Hawk Gmail account more often. What about it? I send you the link. Every I know. Time. I get it
1: every time. Don't you start throw me in the bus. <laughs> I will.
0: I'll throw you right I'll take you it to it. the Bulls locker room.
1: Oh, yeah, will you? Will, will you punch me in the face and break a, a, a bone in my face? I'll make myself known to your face. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> and get suspended for eight days? Then we'll run the station.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's worth it. I get paid big bucks. Oh, yeah.
1: Big bucks. That checks out the bail, by the way. Good. Good deal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, welcome back in, guys. We have sports. Sports, 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 and a lot of sports. Too much sports. Way too much. And what has happened over the last week in the world of sports has been crazy, nuts, and quite frankly, a lot of fun. Crazy football weekend this past weekend at both levels. NFL and NCAA MLB playoffs going on right now. NBA kicked off last night with a crack popple and snap crack, snap crackle and pop. There we go. I was going to get it out it. Eventually uh, we got social issues to talk about cockamamie court issues and uh, some more that would require me to have a, basically a four hour show, but I, I don't have the the format for that yet. Unfortunately, Dick does not like me that much, but as always, let's start our week off with the Heavy stuff of a week in a wrap. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Get it on. Let's start with football. NFL talk. NFL, we saw an exciting week this uh, past week in week six. Upset galore. Underdog teams going in. were are at 10-2 and two this past weekend. 10 and two. I don't know when, I don't know the statistics behind it, but I know that does not happen very often. And I would be willing to bet that it's been a while since that, since that has occurred. So Steelers big one there, go on the road to Kansas city and get a win 19 to 13. Uh, quiet. The critics down after big Ben's, you know, tough five pick week last weekend. Offense finally looked back to where they were at. I know 19 points. does isn't a whole lot, but it, it it's, it's better than where we were at. We saw um, we saw the the ball get spread around a little more on the offensive side of things. So that was really good. Also, we had the Chargers beat the Raiders 17-16. It was a close one, but Chargers finally get their first win of the year. Cardinals take out the Bucs. Big help there with Jameis Winston going down. He is uh, possible for this upcoming weekend. He's day-to-day at the moment right now. Bears over the Ravens in overtime. Joe Flacco. Is done as far as I'm concerned. His career is has been on the decline, and and I it, there's no there's no bounce back for it. He had two explosion seasons, got himself a nice five year contract, and has not done much since. Uh, that's the Bears' second overtime win this year already, too. In only six games, in. Dolphins big shocker up over the Falcons in Atlanta, twenty to seventeen. It was a fun game to watch. Atlanta was up seventeen to nothing. Couldn't score anything in the second half. Dolphins come back to beat him. It was an exciting one and a sad one. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Matt Ryan is my quarterback, and man, he stinks this year as far as fantasy is concerned. Uh, and then the biggest one of all, Sunday night football. New York football giants going on the road, getting a 100-yard rusher in Denver, beating the Broncos 23 to. S- 23 to 10, finally getting their first win. A hundred yard rusher was nuts out of that offense and that offensive line. Uh, Dark played. I mean, just out of his mind. It was, yeah, it was incredible. And that defense out of uh, Denver is kind of up and down right now. We don't know what they are week to week to give up 23 points to that offense is pretty sad, especially with all the receivers are missing, but it was a huge shocker and just shows, you know, how little anybody can predict of you know, what's going to happen week to week in the NFL uh, carrying it on over to the depth chart talk as far as injuries go big one from the I already mentioned the the Jameis Winston one, but the big one from this past weekend was Aaron Rodgers going down with a season ending a season ending collarbone break. He did have surgery already this week. Uh, he will be out. And we're gonna get into McCarthy's talk a little bit with the, you know with Colin Kaepernick and the whole collusion case and everything coming up a little bit later in the show. But um, yeah, that's a huge loss for that team. A huge loss for that team. And um, other news, same division. Teddy Bridgewater comes off the pup list today. Um, player unable to perform. List uh, the pup list. What that means for the quarterback situation there for the Vikings. It's kind of a tricky situation. You brought you drafted Bridgewater, you brought him in to basically be your franchise quarterback, has this freak accident, freak injury during your practice, and you kind of have to scramble and come up with another option. Sam Bradford's has been, you know, good for you, but he hasn't been reliable because he can't stay healthy. And that's been Bradford's problem throughout his entire career. Then you've got Case Keenum. And Keenum has been more than reliable as far as health goes. And he has been playing actually rather well. We've seen Keenum do well in stints. We, we, You know, as Houstonians down here, we've seen that. He did that for the Texans. Where my concern would be is if you're not going to use Bridgewater right now, are you going to trade him? Are you going to try to get something for him? Are you going to try to... Try to make a, a, a transaction out of that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where, where you can, there's teams that would want them, but I don't know where you're going to get the value for him right now. Cause nobody knows what he is. Nobody knows what he can do. And in and, and all reality, I wouldn't get rid of him because you don't know what Bradford is going to do. And you're going to have what case Keenum on the depth chart all year by himself. And it's a lot of pressure on a, on a guy who, you know, isn't the greatest. It's not like he's a Tom Brady or or an Aaron Rodgers or a Peyton Manning, but you know, so I don't, I don't know if, if getting rid of Bridgewater is, you know, exactly the right answer. I, I kind of want to see what he's got left in the tank. I want to see what, well, I want to see what that new bionic leg with like thirteen screws in it can do. So, you know, I, my opinion, I, I gotta let him have a, an open competition for it. I gotta let Bridgewater have the ability to earn back that position. It's, it's one, I, and I hate to say that it's, it's one of those situations where, you know. A starter shouldn't lose his his job due to injury, but it, I I I don't agree with that statement. But I also agree that in this situation, Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Case Keenum prior to this injury. So I I have to imagine that with the the proper doctor care and the their medical care and the proper recovery process and everything like that, I got to imagine that Bridgewater is going to come back better than and still be better than case Keenum, but we don't know. I don't know. Nobody's seen what he can do at the moment. Um And Sam Bradford's just not reliable that the, those legs, his lower body waist down, just, you know, I mean, it, it, he's a ticking time bomb, bomb essentially. So, you know, it, it's, it's a crapshoot with him. So I, you know, it's a tricky situation. I'll be curious to see how, how the Vikings handle it. All right. Now over to the college side of football. We got the upset weekend started early on Friday. Number two, Clemson goes down to Syracuse, unranked Syracuse, 27 to 24. Exciting game to watch, a lot of fun. And number eight, Washington State gets whooped by Cal, 37 to three. Unranked Cal whoops up on them. A lot of people picking Washington State to go to the Pac 12 championship game. But those pesky Friday night teams. They continuously, continuously just trip up and provide the upset constantly. I, have, I mean, if I'm a college program, I'm not playing a Friday night game. I'm, I'm Heck no. I'm, no way. Uh, and then it continued over. It carried on over to Saturday. It was upset weekend all over the place. You got number 24, Texas Tech losing to West Virginia. You got number 25 being taken out by Memphis. Number 25, Navy. Sorry, being taken out by Memphis. Number 19, San Diego State getting spanked by Boise. Arizona State hung in there. It was a close one, 13-7, beating number five, Washington. Unranked Arizona State. Unranked team that, that, I mean, has looked pitiful this year. It just showed up on the road at Washington and beats the number five team. And then my personal favorite. I know I got my Sam shirt on today, and Sam had a great win this past weekend, too. But LSU, taking out number 10, Auburn. Oh, it was so sweet, so sweet. Uh, Seven top 25 teams and four top 10 teams go down this week. I mean, talk about a shakeup. And and Notre Dame's got to be loving this. USC's got to be loving this. Uh, Alabama, Georgia, these teams. Now, USC's got a loss. Oklahoma's got a loss. But they're loving this, too, because that takes – it's basically now it, it's a battle of the one loss teams, right? Cause you've, you've still got Penn state undefeated. You've got Georgia undefeated. You've got Alabama undefeated. Those are your, your, your last big name remaining ones um, or well, no, no I'd take that back. Sorry. Um, TCU, TCU is still undefeated as well. And uh, so those four, those four teams right now are, are basically what's going to end up They're They're making up your top four right now, but th- those those teams are liking this because now they have room for error, right? And then all the other teams that, that lost prior to this week, they're like, okay, with well, some of the fields coming back to us now. Georgia and Alabama, one of those two teams are going to finish with one loss, and because they're going to have to play each other in the SEC championship game, so that's a plus there. If Penn State, at this point, if Penn State and TCU win out, they're in. I mean, that there's there's no other way around it. Notre Dame, Notre Dame is loving this because th- they're. They've got a chance now, right? If they can win out, win that ACC and have their only loss be to Georgia who goes with undefeated or one loss, most likely one loss to Alabama, but that's a I mean, that's a strong argument right there to say Notre Dame should be in that final four. So, and it wasn't like they got killed by Georgia. It was rainy conditions. They were at home. It was but it was rainy conditions. And it was a really close game. I think it was a three-point differential. I don't have the score in front of me right now, but I think it was a three-point differential. So Notre Dame's got to be loving this. They've got a tough test this week. At number, they're number 14 now. They're going to be playing at home against USC this upcoming week, number 13. So I think, I think they should get the win. I think they should get the win. But if they can win that, they've got Miami left to play. They've got Georgia Tech left to play. And I think those are really going to be their last three big, big tests. And then the ACC championship game. So you're looking at if, if Notre Dame can win out and have their only loss be to Georgia, in my opinion, in my opinion, with, with just the name that comes with the school, they're in. And I, 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 I think now it, it, may take, it may take a Penn State loss or a TCU loss. But we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see how the playoffs. Penn State's got a tough road ahead to get out of that. To get out of the Big Ten, that, that, that's tough. Big Twelve is so unpredictable. Although TCU has been look has looked, you know, consistently just number one, top notch throughout the entire week. But they don't have an easy road ahead either. So we got a long way to go. The only thing I think I can come out of this and say is, and I don't want to jinx Notre Dame, but the Pac-12 is is not as good as everybody makes it out every year. We rank them high and we rank them high and we rank them high and we go on them. And I, I think it was my second show ever. I, I, I told you guys, I don't trust the pac 12 right now. Not to say that can't change in the future. I don't trust the pac 12 right now. It's just, it, it's not going to happen. All right. Now football talk. Let's go on to the NBA before we have to go to our break really quick. Rockets edge out a win against the defending NBA champions, golden, golden state warriors, who lost for the second time in a row their season opener, and the yeah the Rockets won 122 to 121 on the night that the uh, Golden State Warriors got their ring they got their banner it was a big celebration there and uh, Kevin Durant <laughs> goes down inbounds the ball gets pass here pass there gets it back on the arc shoots sinks the bucket but hits a hit it at the buzzer and it was too late of a shot uh, and it got waved off after review. The new owner, uh, Tillman Fertitta, ran out onto the court, was hugging his players like he was the happiest man alive. It was really funny to watch. I, I don't think I've ever quite seen an owner react that way. He acted like they just won the, you know, the world championship. And it was kind of like, ah, you know, calm down. It's, it's one of 82. Let's, let's be patient here. The biggest note out of this one, though, James Harden and CP3 did not look that they weren't in sync yet. And I understand it may take some time. But the big, the big factor and the reason why they won this one was because of the bench play and, and the defensive help as well as, and more so, the offensive help that came off of the bench. And if the Rockets can keep that going for an 82-game-plus stretch, I I had them at the fourth seed out of, out of the West right now. I think that they could improve that up to maybe the, the third or possibly even the second. We'll have to see what OKC can put on the court. The other game that was going on last night was actually the first game. I saved it for for the second discussion though. Was the Cavaliers versus the Celtics? Cavs win one hundred two to ninety nine. LeBron had twenty nine points, nine assists, and sixteen rebounds. Looked very good on was quote unquote a weak bum ankle. You know, I don't who knows. He was probably just being a baby to be a baby because he's LeBron James, right? You know, he's a baby, but. The sweet man that Gordon Hayward is, and I, I feel for him so bad on, on a day like today, going to Boston to play for that specific coach when you had all the choice in the world in the offseason, but leaving Utah where you were happy to go play with this coach, to be even happier, to have a better chance at winning, to uproot your family and move them across the country. So excited to start this new life with his, his new basketball family and really compete for not an NBA title, let's be honest, but an NBA East title. And to have it all stripped away in the first game of the year, in the first quarter, six minutes in. Breaks his leg and dislocates his ankle. It was a fractured tibia yeah and dislocated ankle if you have a stomach to watch this water stuff go watch it It, it's it's a gruesome gruesome shocking video but man if you don't have the stomach for it don't watch it and you just on a day like i mean yeah you're just in so much he was in so much shock and he couldn't believe it and and whether you're a fan of the basketball world or not i mean it doesn't matter i mean you feel for the guy because you know what he went through and you know you know what they go through in the offseason to get ready and, Man, I, I saw it for the first time last night, and I I, I broke my ankle last April. I have a plate and six screws in there right now, and I, I my ankle started hurting when I saw that video. It was ooh, it was really tough. All right, when we come back, we're gonna talk Colin Kaepernick and the collusion charges, and what potential effect the meeting with the NFL players and Roger Goodell had on potential collusion. On Colin Kaplan. So stay tuned. You are listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on irlonestar.com. We'll be
2: right back.
0: Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas.
1: Welcome back into Jake from Sports Talk. Glad to have you all back in, man. It is a gorgeous day outside. I hope the rain stays away this weekend. I would like to get out and go uh go do some golfing. Dick, when was the last time you golfed? I don't know you played back in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Were you any good? Oh, yeah, like 20s You shot in the 20s. That's not you're trying to trick me there (laughs) (laughs) What was your what was your best score? What's your best round?
0: I think it was like 82 or 84 Really? Yeah at one at one point because I was playing
1: like every every day basically or shooting Yeah, it was my freshman year of college and I got my score down an 89. That's the best I've ever shot So sorry dad <laughs> Instead of going to college, yeah, you know, go to class. I, I would play golf, and well, it was only eleven dollars at the LSU, the LSU golf course. And so, and it was a beautiful course, but we got the student discount, so it was only eleven bucks with card. So, I yeah, sorry, mom and dad. It was that? It was a fun year. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot of life lessons, well, just like everybody. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. Like I teased before, we went to the break. Colin Kaepernick has filed. A lawsuit against the NFL for the no. You don't have to turn your mic off. You can come in on this. You you because you've you've you know researched some of this as well. So because we have talked about this on uh, Dick Dick's Morning Show. He has it with Skippy. It's called Mornings with Lone Star. I occasionally feature it. So you know come on and you know listen to me because I'm awesome. Um, But yeah, so Colin Kaepernick and the collusion charge the one of the things y'all brought up was not everybody knows what collusion means. Right. And, and the fact that people need to become more educated about it. I think that demographic fits more in for y'all's listeners rather than my listeners, because I feel like a lot of the sports fans know what it means just due to fantasy football and fantasy sports talk and the, the use of collusion within those leagues. And uh, if I've got any of my, my friends listening from my personal fantasy football league, I'm tired of all the collusion that goes on in our league and it needs to stop. But with that said, the NFL has not come back out and hasn't really made any true response to this yet. And and everything like that. But Colin Kaepernick is basically saying that, Hey, look, 32 teams got together and decided that they were not going to allow him to play. And Dick, I'm curious. I mean, do you think that's even possible? Do you think it's feasible? And not 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 can he prove it, but do you think the league would actually do something like that?
0: Well, I really don't know the relationship between the owners, the coaches, and also the over—I guess the staff or whatever the uh, NFL has. Because I do know they try to do their best to protect everyone uh, when it comes to their money and it comes to uh, distributing that money. Yeah, and everybody's happy at one point uh, with the collusion on a player. I don't know if they're going to be micromanaging that that much. I think it's more of like, uh, especially with a team-based sport, you're always focused on the team. I imagine a lot, and I imagine people who are making those decisions on the team level aren't going to allow that because it's going to divide the team, yeah, and or distraction for the team. No, and if it, if it occur, so, I think to answer your question, do I think they actually had a memo going out to everybody and everyone said yes or no? I doubt that. I think it was more of just the whole mentality of the league is just tired of wanting to incorporate that into the actual football angle yeah. of the game.
1: Yeah, I think if you were to talk to a lot of the coaches and we'll get into the McCarthy uh, reaction that that he had when when asked about the um about potentially bringing him in to replace Aaron Rodgers, but the 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 idea that, you know, 32 grown men and it would not have trickled down below the owners if it, if it if this did occur if there was collusion it would have been owners and gms that, that's about the the extent of how the depth how deep it would have gone into the organizations because they know you know if they had brought it down to like the coaching level how quickly that would have gotten out just because it, it, everybody that that talks well, yeah that's what
0: I'm, and like each team has their own relationship with an owner and gm yeah isn't like bill Belichick
1: both well no, no 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 he's not the gm no uh, he He helps make decisions during the draft time, but, but he's, he's more involved. yeah, he's more involved. him and Robert craft Robert Kraft's the owner they're they're really tight, and it's that's a, a very much of a love love relationship there so um, but I, I just can't see and I, I can't see it even having a paper trail like there's no way, and so that, that then it comes on that he's got to prove this. he's got to what do you think it takes to prove a collusion case? He's got to have direct evidence.
0: I mean, really probably what happened was he, if I had to guess, someone told him, hey, I got somebody telling me of this collusion, and that's it. That's all the source. It's someone else telling somebody else. It's not, oh, hey, here's the memo that was sent out to all 32 teams to this one person He said, she
1: said it's not going to fly in a court court of law. There's no way. So, okay, now to to relate it into. Because also what
0: hurts it is the, the fact that they offered him a contract at all. From what I understand about the timeline, they did offer teams did offer him a contract, but it wasn't for the money he wanted
1: at the very beginning. Yes, yes, you know I'm saying at so the that's very that's yes. the problem. And you're I mean, facing other, other teams brought him in and they tried him out, and they basically got a feel for what he wanted, what he wanted to play for. What, what did he want a starting role? Was he okay being a backup?
0: Exactly, that's, what that's what's gonna hurt him in this case because that's that kind of denies you know, th- there was a collusion at the beginning because that's usually when you start the collusion. Yeah. Is at the beginning of the whole scenario. Yeah, you started And right clearly right. He had opportunities and he just didn't it didn't work on his end.
1: Yeah. Okay. And so now we've got players kneeling and kind of support for him, but 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 more so in the support of his cause and everything like that. And so now we've got we got players kneeling throughout this entire year and ratings are going down. The NFL's kind of panic, a little bit of a panic mode right now. And so basically they said, Hey, look, this is what we're gonna do. Send your team reps, your player team reps, and let's have let's have a discussion. Let's have a talk, all right? So that 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 talk occurred yesterday. Now the results of that talk, and there everybody's being kind of hush hush about this, and it, it's pretty closed door about it. And there was no cameras or anything. Goodell did come out and talk about it afterwards in a press conference. Uh, the summary of his press conference was basically that he was asked, you know. know what did y'all talk about and his response was we discussed uh what they were kneeling for what 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 they wanted out of all this what was their end goal um they asked if they demanded that they stand for the national anthem goodell said no we did not demand them we said you have um and i I don't want to misquote him but he he basically said that they were the modern day patriots of you know of old not the new england patriots but the the you know they're patriots as far as civilians of America and what they're doing and their protests and everything like that. And he said, you know, we, we, we don't, we're not against necessarily what they're doing. It's just, we, we wanted to find out why and what, what can we do as a league to help? So does that, does that meeting help the collusion case? Does it help America's perception of how Kaepernick's getting treated? I mean, is this a step in the right direction? Or is it kind of like a, just a PR mute point or what?
0: Well, I imagine, you know, it depends on the lawyer, how good they are about turning an argument. Uh, probably the worst thing that, that he's going to be facing Kaepernick because he's been recorded so many times on this issue, and that's really going to hurt him. That's why, you know, when you ever get arrested or whatever, you just don't say anything because it, it could be used against you. And, like, in his case, all he says he keeps saying is, I want to play, I want to play. That's what he keeps saying. Like, that's that's why he keeps talking about it. Is he just wants to play football. That's why this collusion is happening. Yeah. Well... Again, if you're the other side, you'd be like, well, listen, Colin, we've given you several opportunities. They have offered you contracts. You've not accepted them. So we try to get you to play and you yeah. decide not to play. So that's where it hurts them in the end. Now, if he chose the other angle where, like, you know, they just didn't want to pay me and then, like, they didn't like what my message was, it was about him wanting to play or something like yeah. that, it might work in his favor. Uh, but then again, like, you're there's so much written down copy about this scenario. It's going to be really hard to prove unless they have the smoking gun.
1: Well, and, and I think the reason why it all comes out now is you, you saw Aaron Rodgers go down and McCarthy came out and said, no, we're not going with Colin Kaepernick. I want the, and it wasn't even that he said he didn't want to go with Colin Kaepernick. He just said, he's happy with the quarterbacks in his room and his QB room. You've got a uh, terrible QB play in New York with the jets, not the giants. Although Eli has not looked greatest this year either, but with the jets, um you've got Fitzpatrick playing in games you've got you've got situations where the, there are quarterbacks that are not as good as Colin Kaepernick and and situationally scheme wise Kaepernick may not fit best in that in those schemes and that's why they don't want to go with him in other cases they may be they may be being stubborn headed i'll I'll get that but to sit here and say <laughs> that 32 smart intelligent individuals Got together and said, "No, we're not going to do this." I, I find that very hard to believe. And to get thirty-two of them, thirty-two of them to gr- agree on anything is nearly impossible. Go look at, at like, when they tried to move the the uh, Raiders to Las Vegas. That didn't get unanimously voted, you know. They, and that's why you need three, two-thirds of the votes of all coaches. And so it's to get those guys to agree on uh, all thirty-two to agree on one thing is nearly impossible. Now, is there certain situations where maybe ownership or maybe coaches or maybe players don't want him in that locker room. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's more not him. It's more of the, the cloud. Yeah. And I imagine as a coach or you, know, you got to protect your players. And that's always the mentality of a good coach. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. let's protect these players. Let's, let's not bring that into the locker room. Like I can't imagine the bulls locker room after that fight. No, that's, you know, not. that's going to be kind of scary. And that's, that happens in all professional sports. As you lose the locker room, you start losing basically the glue. Uh, that holds a team together day in, day out. So that's why, I mean, I think you can't really pl- prove that's collusion, but I think, uh, unfortunately for him as a player, I don't think he's going to be able to play unless he makes some real sacrifices. Maybe the CFL or, you know, wherever else they're playing football Arena runs. Football League. Yeah, so I mean. In Austin, Texas. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, wherever. I mean, that's really what it, and see, To me, that's what happens when you're making a case like this. That's what he should have done. Like, day one, when he wasn't getting a job, yeah. he should have kept playing. And that's when you thats when you sue because you go, hey, I want to play. I kept and playing. And they won't let me. And they won't let me. And, you know, that's – I mean, he – we can all agree that he didn't make any smart steps because there's a smart way to do it. It might not be the best way to do it, but there's a smart way to do
1: it. Well, there's a smart way to do it even the wrong ways. Yes. You know, and, and I mean, even from day one, it just – he from the first time he kneeled – and the first time he was questioned about it, because he didn't actually get questioned about it after the first time he kneeled, um, the the first time he got questioned about it, he started off on the wrong foot. Oh and, yeah, and, and he was
0: a, well. You know, the joke was every time you look at those interviews, it sounds like he's just making it up yeah, it was, as it, it he goes, was a
1: babbling fool when he so, was, it was So it was yeah,
0: it was well, crazy. You and, know, the comment on your the thing about the NFL meeting yesterday and about using their using their governing powers to you know actually affect legislation. It's going to be interesting to see what mentalities and beliefs develop within the nfl individually and see if it grows enough to where they convince the nfl to use their power it's similar to our other show when we're talking about that guy from triple a yeah exactly it's like hey we have all these people already invested we can use that power to make change and positive change positive no, change. yeah yeah but but it's it's very weird because you're looking at the nfl what on and pound paper what does the nfl have to do with police brutality if that makes sense, so I'm talking like uh, out, out, using their outside. governing body, uh, using their power to change the legislation. What does the NFL have to do with it? It's kind of strange.
1: Outside of the fact that the majority of, or not the majority, but a lot of their players are African American or black, and that's where the the majority of the cause is coming from, where the the cry, cry out for help is coming from. That would be where the reason why you see what I'm saying. Uh, I'm well, I mean,
0: as a company, though, I feel
1: as a company they have no actual relation. That's what I'm saying. On paper,
0: it looks really odd, and especially you're thinking about in the next ten seasons of the NFL, what do you do? How do you handle these kind of situations? Because what's going to happen is they're going to start trying to make some type of move in a in a in, a, in an arena that they have no experience in. I mean, the football has no experience in legislation yeah. outside of like, oh, let's just hide the brain concussion things. You know, <laughs> they're, they're pretty good at that. But, you know, I'm talking about you know actual legislation. So it's going to be or another area. So yeah. it's be kind of interesting to see what. Bring it over to the politics side of it. And, it's, and that's to me, I think ultimately it's going to hurt them. And it, then also you look at the numbers of players who are involved in this. It's not. I mean, if you look at the percentage, what would we say? The percentage of the overall.
1: Oh, less less than. I would say probably less than 5%. So, see, that's
0: what I'm saying. You're letting 5% of a body control something. Yeah. And that's kind of insane to me.
1: That, it, no, it's very insane. So, I, and, and then in addition to this whole meeting thing, and, and and it's a PR stunt, it really is a PR stunt by the NFL, and I, I don't want to take away from any good that it may do, but it's definitely a PR stunt. See it for what it is because you got to look at who was there and who wasn't there, and who wasn't there was more important. The owner for the Dallas Cowboys, the owner for the – uh Uh, Panthers and the owners or not Panthers, sorry, Jaguars and the owners uh, for the Tampa team. Those three have been the biggest vocal leaders opposed to the kneeling during the national Anthem. And the three of them were not there. So if you're not going to get everybody on board, if you're not going to get all 32 coaches on board, uh, you're not going to get anything done. And, and especially Jerry because Robert, uh, yeah, Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones are your two most powerful and vocal yeah. Owners in that league and so um, I, We got to go to break I, I know I'm running over and it's a good topic But it, to, to quickly reference what Dick has made fun of a couple times Now uh, Bobby Portis is A, a f- power forward for the um, Chicago Bulls and he Punched his teammate in the locker room yesterday Nicola Moradik Mur- uh, And I, I know I butchered that last name But yeah he punched him in the face and broke his uh, uh, Fractured his jaw and the Bulls just Responded and they suspended him for eight games today So all right, Bulls are a toilet bowl this year. Woo! Stay tuned. You're listening to Jake from Sports Talk. We'll be Sports Talk. We'll be right back.
2: Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper local audience in Montgomery County. Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. <laughs> ¶¶
1: it's crazy, man. Welcome back. again Jake from Sports Talk. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Hey, if you missed that good Kaepernick talk with the whole uh, collusion thing and the meaning of the NFL, don't forget, guys, you can always go catch out the uh, podcast version of the show on Google Play and iTunes, and you can always – Always catch the video version on YouTube and uh, our city TV up here in the greater Montgomery County area. I want to get around a TV when it comes on. It comes on at Fridays at seven. I'm not up here Fridays at seven, so I don't ever know how to do it, but yeah, I see my, I see myself on YouTube, but I want to see myself on TV. I think it would be pretty cool to see myself on TV. All right, we're going to make this a real fat rapid fire uh, segment. I want to get to the MLB playoffs. But before we do that, just to stick with the NFL fiasco that's going on right now, uh, e- e- Ezekiel Elliott is still battling with the uh, NFL. And it, basically, we had two breaking stories come out of it. One, It came through this past weekend that in the New Orleans uh, court that the case was currently sitting in the court ruled in favor of the NFL with a two to one vote in the injunction case. So basically uh, the Texas, uh, I don't know how the court system works. I'm not a a lawyer or a judge or anything like that, but uh, so basically what happened was the NFL charged or basically said, Hey, you know, we're giving you a six game suspension Ezekiel and Zeke went to the, to with the PA and filed in the Texas court and the Texas court granted in favor of Elliot. And basically what that said was, okay, you have to wait until he, he doesn't have to serve the suspension. There's an injunction. He doesn't have to serve the suspension until it's seen by a Supreme court of some sort or a district court, I guess is what it was, whatever the new Orleans court was. So it goes to the new Orleans court and he plays the first six games. And then the New Orleans court comes out and says, okay, you in two to one favor, you, we find that the NFL was correct. And we are back in the NFL and you have to serve your six game suspension. So basically now Elliot has, I thought no options and he has to play or he has to serve a six game suspension starting immediately. But, but I guess there was one more trick up the sleeve. I don't know how. All this came about, but Elliot responded with filing a temporary freeze. And I know that's probably not the correct terminology for it, but finally a temporary freeze to his case and to have his case heard in front of judge Catherine P. Felga. Falia. I don't, I don't know the direct terminology. She's in New York. I don't know how all this works. I don't know why it goes from Texas to new Orleans to New York. It's very confusing but the freeze only lasts for 14 days. So if he doesn't see judge Felia uh, by the end of this two week period, then he has to serve the safe game suspension. And so it's a little cockamamie and how, how this plays out. It's really weird, but uh, he's playing for at least two more games now, I guess. So I, and in all honesty, I mean, Ellie, you should have just taken it at the beginning of the year, man. Like, you that was the easiest stretch of your of your your season right? There was those first six games and you should have never lost to Green Bay even with a healthy Aaron Rodgers it, And you didn't help that game. So, you know There was no point in you playing in the first six really. I mean if you think about it, really um, The only reason why I would say it's better that he was around was because they didn't have Darren McFadden but I mean how healthy is McFadden still gonna be and whatnot and so McFadden is back. They're going to make him active as soon as Elliot goes out. That's uh, basically what I've read into the situation. Jerry hasn't come out and exactly said that, but that's how I'm reading it. So I, I don't, don't drag it on. Zeke, just take your six game suspension because watch, you're going to end up having to serve this and you're going to miss playoff time. If you even make it to the playoffs, because you're going to have to win some tough games down the stretch that you're going to end up missing against opponent uh, division rivals. So, I would just take it now and quit fighting it. You're just making it worse on yourself, man. So, all right, that was our quick rapid fire segment. We are going to come back. We're going to talk about the disappointing loss from the Astros against the Yankees and why letting the Yankees hang around is some real trouble. And uh and then the Dodgers meeting the Cubs in game three. So we will be back right after these messages. Oh,
2: or call the station message line at 936-647-3776.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. That was a quick, quick break. And, uh, you know, yeah, glad to have you all back in here. Thank you for listening to me, Jake LaFleur, the host of this wonderful show, Jake from Sports Talk. Always glad to have you guys in every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m., here on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5, 106.1, worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. So the Astros, oh boy, oh boy, George, boy, oh boy, George, you can't let them Yankees hang around. i tell you what, they can be dangerous, they can be dangerous. It was a tough game to watch last night, um, <laughs> Astros had a 4-0 lead. And the Yankees came back, five back out of the deficit, got one off of the starter McCullers, and um, and then took the remaining five off of the bullpen to win six to four and tie up the series two to two. And we go into tonight's game with the tied series, game five in New York with Keiko on the mound for the Astros and Tanaka on the mound for the Yankees. The, the, the highlight here out of this is McCullers pitched six innings, gave up two hits, three Ks and one earned run. One earned run was on a home run. It was, uh, it, it was just his only really his only bad thrown pitch all night, but still you got six innings, one run out of your starter. I mean, that's just that you can't ask anything more out of McCullers and he's got to be incredibly, incredibly disappointed by his bullpen and what they gave up last night because they pitched the remaining four innings and they allowed five runs and eight hits. Five runs on eight hits. That—that's, I mean, and that was between Davinsky, Musgrove, Giles, uh, Giles, and uh, Gregerson. I mean, you know, these aren't Musgrove and Giles. Those are like your your two keys out of the bullpen. That I, that was really really harsh. But w- what hurts more, what hurts more, is that you didn't give Peacock the game four start. All right, that's fine. I'm not. I, I'm not. Uh, opposed to that idea I'm okay with the fact that you didn't give him The the the, the start But you had him out of the bullpen he's been, your, he's been your Solid third starter All year long He's the one who came in and saved you When Keiko went down When you had injuries in the starting rotation He was the one that saved you When you had bullpen injuries And you're not going to pitch him You're not going to pitch him at all I mean come on Hinch, that's, that's pathetic. That's terrible. That's bad managing. How are you not going to let arguably your best pitcher this year? I mean, I understand how Cook Keiko is and Verlander's new to the team and he's great. But Peacock has been there for you all year long. I I mean, that's like taking a 40 year marriage and saying, forget it. I'm going to go, I'm going to divorce you and leave you for a 21 year old. That's just, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And when you have McCullers go six innings, only one run, six innings, one run, why don't you bring in Peacock and let him close the game out for you? Let him pitch that final four. Let him be your Andrew Miller. Let him pitch. You didn't even have to pitch the final four. He can go seventh, eighth, and then, sorry, final three. Seventh, eighth, and then you can bring in Giles at that point and put him in his traditional closing role. Don't put Giles. Kimbrel and Giles are the same two type of closers. They don't do well in the eighth or when they have to get four or more outs. That's not their mindset. That's not the way their mind works. It's not the way their arm works. When they know they have to pitch for more than a single inning, mentally they're messed up. It, 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 it just doesn't work. And, and frankly, most closers like that are like that. So can just a major league wide thing, can we not pitch closers for four outs? Like, please. It, it makes for sloppy, bad baseball. And it makes it enjoyable, unenjoyable to watch. So, Hinch, how do you not pitch Peacock last night? I'm throwing the W. I'm throwing the L on you for that one. So, you can't let the Yankees hang around. I, if um, I, there's a lot of mixed opinions out there, there's a lot of mixed opinions. People th- think the Yankees are going to get the win tonight and go back to Houston and force Astros to win two games. My personal opinion, you're not going to beat Keuchel. You're not going to beat Verlander. Those two, the way they've pitched this postseason, the way they pitched in the month of September, I know Keuchel was hurt a little while during that stretch, but still, with the way they pitched through the last month and a half, two months, those two are not going to lose, in my opinion. I, I I, don't know if you'll necessarily get another nine out of Verlander, but you might. The way, The way he looks 20 years younger right now, you might actually get another nine-inning game out of him. You, and you hope it doesn't come down to that. You hope you, you don't need him to do that. You hope your offense can get you eight, nine, ten runs. It's not that the bats have been cold, but the bats have not been what they were. Certainly not. So I think the, I, you know, and I'm kind of happy we get another game back here in Houston. Maybe I'll, I'll actually get a chance to go. My boss is so nice enough to let me leave. But um, if, uh, but yeah, well, I, I really don't think Keiko's going to get the loss tonight. But. You have to be careful. The Yankees, the, the baby bombers are on fire. They're hot right now. And, you know, I was just thinking about it. Nick, you were questioning me on why I hate the Yankees earlier. And I wanted to just tell you that, you know, I dislike the Yankees because it, it, I was born and bred to dislike them, just like most Americans were. Do you have a problem with that?
0: No, I just find it always funny that they always seem to – when?
1: <laughs> I, when you pay for success, I guess, right? Wasn't that how baseball's set up? Yeah. <laughs> Just some people don't want to pay as much. <laughs> but, no, it's, it's a, I, I think, don't panic, all right? Don't panic. And, and Houston fans, while we're on the uh, subject of overreacting, that Rockets win last night, don't overreact. Please don't overreact. The Rockets played well, they played better, but they're not going to win the East, or the West. And that's, that's that. And just barring any terrifying, terrible, disastrous injury like what we saw last night to Hayward happening to one of the big three for Golden State, they're, they're winning the whole thing. So um, just don't overreact, please. Now, speaking of a team that you can overreact on is the Cubs. The Cubs are getting swept tonight. And that's not an overreaction. That's, that's, a, that's an honest truth. They look depleted. They look defeated. They look like they don't want to play. They look like they don't belong in the same ballpark as the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are just incredibly, incredibly hot right now. And you feel bad. Dodgers won last night, game three. They won six to one. They took a three game to nothing, uh, three to nothing lead in the series. And not not only do they look like the clear favorite right now to win that the uh, a- or NLCS, they also look like the clear favorite to win the whole thing. And I am uh it's sad to say that, but they you know, they're playing, they're just extremely hot right now. Their pitching is unbelievable. And I mean, Darwish, he looked fantastic last night. Puig is on fire. He he is feeling it. He's swinging that bat better than than I think I've seen him swing in a long time, especially in the postseason. I don't think we've ever seen him play quite this well in the postseason. I mean, he's calling shots, he's doing bat flips and and I know that we got some baseball purists out there that are like yeah treat my baseball with respect let my baseball go yeah no no it's it's let, let's have some fun it's a it's a bloody game people like relax for a second I'm tired of this this nonsense of hey yeah we need to you know be 100% serious 100% of the time you know you can't have any fun because it's baseball and baseball's very very boring no Let's make baseball Betty Betty interesting again. Let's make it a lot of fun. Let's make it back to those roaring 50s and 60s where you had just a true passion and a love for it. And I understand back then that they, they played. It's got to change with times. If you, if you catch my drift, if you understand what I'm saying. It's got to grow with society. And society is, is very much look at me now. And I, and I know that those old farts out there don't like that. But listen. Let's make baseball interesting. If you love baseball, let it become interesting so that way the youth gets interested in it. That way we don't have to worry about our children growing up like brain dead football players because they hit each other at 100 miles an hour a hundred times a day. Let them go play baseball and have a little white ball thrown 100 miles at their head instead while we swing a bat. That's probably the better way to go about things, right? I mean, the chances of you getting hit or in the head are less likely than getting hit in the head in football. So it's, it's better. It's are we're, we're improving, you know, and it just shows that a simple layup, like we saw last night from Hayward can end in quite <laughs> in horror. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, if you've got the stuff to go watch that, go watch that. All right, guys, <laughs> we're running up against the clock. Got to get on out of here. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you missed any part of the show, Uh, Don't forget you can go and re-listen to it on Google Play and iTunes. And if you would like to see this beautiful unshaven, I'm practicing for No Shave November. I'm going to go for the two-month stretch. No Shave November and October. Yes, yes, very sexy very sexy come on up and you can check it out at YouTube Uh, Just look up Jake from sports talk on Google YouTube all that stuff You'll find me or go to IRLoneStar.com. It's got all those links up there So we will see you back again live next Wednesday from 1 to 2. I'm gonna try to find out where Mikey is I think the Mafia might have him. I don't know. He's disappeared like the guy from Las Vegas Uh, well, we know where he is now so Maybe we can find Mikey, too. It might be possible. All right, guys. Have a good rest of your week. We will see you next Wednesday. Out! Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, google play or itunes if you have any questions regarding the show either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host contact the station manager at dick at com or call the station at 936-647-3776 this show was recorded in downtown conroe texas at the lone star community radio studio and lone star community radio reserves all rights to this recording and images